Hello. Hi, everybody. My name's Josh. My name's Rex. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. So this is a podcast called Beer with Buffy, where we're going to watch every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then we're going to give it a rundown. We're going to make fun of it. We're going to tell you how much we like it, how much we hate it, more specifically, how much Xander pisses us off throughout season one. Um, and more importantly, we're going to drink questionable amounts of beer. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, our original our original intro for season one, episode one, uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth. We didn't introduce ourselves. We didn't say the name of the podcast. We didn't say the name of the episode. We said, um, at the same exact time, which I thought was hilarious. And we're still, we're still going to play our original. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to still show the original train wreck here because. Absolute train wreck. Oh, it's. It's a lovely it's, train wreck. Yes, it is a lovely train wreck. But also we realized we never said thank you to our, our fucking excellent composer. Benjamin Alexander. His name on SoundCloud is Mad Music Maker, and he's actually going to be uploading all of the music that you have in this episode onto his SoundCloud channel. So yeah. Um, so you can actually, if you want, download and listen to all this music. It's good. He's a real musician. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> he actually knows what he's doing. For your yeah. listening pleasure. Exactly. Without further ado, Rex, I think it's time. Please enjoy Beer with Buffy. I was told you were coming. A slayer. I'm so stuck. You're all like a bird. Cork in a bottle. My ascension is almost at hand. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. All right, Rex, did you try to think of a title for this? Because I didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I got fucking nothing. Okay. Um, um, it's a very elaborate excuse to rewatch Buffy. I like it. Um, I was going to say something along the lines of, uh, let's rip Buffy a new one, um, but because we like it. So how long has it been since you last watched it? Oh my God, since before college and... So that was probably like 2004 or 5. So damn nearly 15 years ago. Yeah. It's <laughs> been a minute. And I really like that I'm coming back to this and rewatching it after having watched all sorts of other occult related TV shows like um The X-Files, Fringe. I just finished watching all of Supernatural. Um God damn, that's a lot of show. It is a lot of show. <laughs> Um, there's a few others that I'm can't even think of off the top of my head. I think I rewatched the first half of the series to like season four in 2013, so almost five years ago. But then my girlfriend at the time got bored with it. Whoa, heavy. Jeez, <laughs> nobody cares about you, Rex. This is about me. What about my needs? No one cares about your needs. Fuck your needs, Josh. Fair enough. So I'm, sure. I'm pleased to announce that we are actually not broadcasting from either of our mother's basement. Just my basement apartment. He pays <laughs> rent for this basement, goddammit. <laughs> that is totally legit. All right, so I was thinking we'd probably do a little uh, synopsis of the show, then a little analysis, and then just blatantly make fun of it. 
I mean, maybe we should tell people what exactly we're doing. Like, do we have a format? Uh, not really. I mean, I think we were just figuring to build this organically, but I I don't know. I love the show, and I want to make fun of it because I love the show. Right. And that's all I got. That's great. I, I, I was kind of starting from a more of a base level than that. If you want to make something from scratch, first you must build the universe. Don't quote Carl Sagan. <laughs> I just stole your favorite quote. I'm going to do that so many Fuck times you. throughout this. It's going to be awesome. Anyway, no. We're, so this is a podcast where uh, we're going to watch every single goddamn episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Start to finish. Start to finish separately so that we don't waste all our good material on each other while we're watching it. And then uh, we're going to talk at a couple of microphones in his fully um, furnished rent paid for not losery at all apartment. <laughs> and then we're going to post it on the interwebs and uh, maybe ob- someone might listen. to Obviously, it. Obviously, you're going to listen to it because you're listening to it right now random person listening to this podcast and thank you i can think of maybe three people i know that might actually listen to it yeah but that's like your mom coming to your high school play that doesn't count i'm aware okay so do we want to basically run down the synopsis as we go because i got a lot of uh in the moment notes that i wrote yeah okay let's let's do our uh let's let's call it the uh i'm gonna call it the the mom synopsis. Uh, <laughs> the mom synopsis. <laughs> the will you please stop asking questions? I'm trying to watch my TV show, Mom synopsis. <laughs> so, it's funny because it's so, true. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this girl named Buffy. She comes to a town. Uh, her mom's kind of annoying. She says, "Hey, don't get kicked out of school." There's a couple nerdy kids. They kind of talk funny. We find out the girl's a, a vampire slayer. There's a really cool librarian. She go figure. She runs into some vampire slayers and she makes fun with the ge- or makes friends with the geeky kids, and uh, and then she fights some vampires. That's because she's the chosen one. Yeah, she is. Um, uh, how's the intro go? Every generation a slayer is born. Yeah. Okay. So for starters, I thought that was hilarious because I think that's one of those things that they cut after the pilot. No. Is that in every episode? That's like. Several seasons, I believe. Oh my god. <laughs> you will get so tired of that. <laughs> uh, You'll get so tired of hearing every generation a slayer is born. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I remember, um, you know, by the time I watched all of the show and then all of Angel was, you know, just the awesome theme song. And uh, I feel like they made a couple revamps of it. <laughs> I said vamps. Um, and it's just awesome. And then I'm like, wait, where'd they get this cheesy dime store voice actor to be like, every year? It's so. Every so often, like, they choose a slayer and she slays it's, stuff. And that dude, explosions. That, dude's voice, that dude's voice is like minimum wage movie trailer. Yeah, like, <laughs> I personally know better voice actors than that. I'm not saying I'm one of them. I know, I'm definitely not one of them. But I'm one of them. I'm not a voice actor. <laughs> I mean, that's I, I don't do the bass voice bullshit. That's, I, I can barely talk without a mic in front of my face. So the, the, in the privacy of your own basement. It's fine. Yes, Moving the, along. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. 
The show opens up with two, we'll, we'll quote, call them high school kids. <laughs> Isn't Willow like 40 when the show starts or something? I can't remember how how old Allison Hannigan is, but I know that... I honestly think um, she's at least in her late 20s, possibly early 30s. Yeah, I know m- most of the cast is at least early early 20s. There are none of them that are actually late teens. So two high school kids break into the school, which the first thing I, I have to ask is, did you ever break into your school? Was that a thing? If if you're going to fucking take a girl out for a good time, is that really the first thing that goes through your head? Like, how small of a town is this? Like, oh my God, let's break into the school. It'd be so awesome, bro. I, like, whoa. This is, this is a trope that is done so many times on tv shows and movies and shit really like i have never heard of anybody actually doing this especially like why would you take a date there how is that gonna get you laid right also um oh spoiler alert uh the girl turns out to be a vampire and she kills him but how is that a good idea either Dude, this show is so er, so old. If anybody gets butt hurt about spoilers, then fuck them. Yeah, seriously. Um, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've watched the show at least five times. In fact, at the very least, watch each episode before you listen to our podcast. Watch episode, listen to podcast, watch episode. So yeah. Anyway, so this the chick they play a reversal here, and the chick turns out to be the vampire, which is you know kind of clever and fun, and. It's been done many times since this, but I b- do believe that Buffy was the first show oh, to Buffy's really kind of play on that. Oh, Buffy's a fucking pioneer when it comes but to strong female characters. I, I laughed my ass off when she bit him because his response was like, ugh. <laughs> and it's so weak and pathetic. And it's like, dude, she just bit into your fucking jugular. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> well, the man was clearly a tool. I mean, they heard something in the school and- He's like, oh, maybe it's something. And he literally, he steps around the corner and he says, hey, anybody here? Nope. Guess there's nobody here. (laughs) Uh, I was so glad. You know, I honestly thought he was the vampire and they had her be the vampire. Yeah. And then it was a nice change. And I, I remembered from previous watchings that it was her, or at least I thought it was. And you know, I happen to be right. See, that's but. the glorious thing about this is I feel like I'm watching it again for the first time. I hardly remember shit except for the musical episode, which I'm probably going to mention every single episode I have memorized by heart. And I have since about 2003. Oh, we'll, we'll do something special for that. episode. Oh, we're gonna, we'll have to. It's going to be a fucking we'll party, kids. We'll have to do like an extra long episode and like review each song for the uh-huh. episode. OK, so we've spent way too much time on yeah. that bullshit opening scene. So you watched it just a few moments ago i watched it like a week and a half ago okay and haven't had time to recap it so i don't remember where it goes from there is it like buffy waking up yeah buffy has some dreams and it's it's so obvious that it's just little clips from the rest of the season that they've already filmed oh and and the over the top opening oh yeah (laughs) well we already made fun of that so anyway buffy has some dreams um her mom wakes her up. She goes to school. Her mom's a little bit condescending. And uh, I didn't find any of that particularly newsworthy. And then enter Xander. 
Okay. Fuck, fucking Xander. First off, I don't remember him ever riding a skateboard. <laughs> I think, you know, this might be the only episode where that happens. And the 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 freaking crash he does into the railing, the pratfall, is phenomenal. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> but one of the things that surprised me, so Xander is shown at first to be this loser. The dude's suave as fuck fuck though in just how he speaks like i was a loser in high school and i couldn't get sentences out on women i thought were attractive yeah no seriously and, like that's the whole scene of the intro of xander and willow and just the the back and forth between the characters it blew me away because as corny as the show I, as I remember the show always being, the dialogue is just so fucking good. Oh, yeah. I, they, they set a new precedent for uh, just quirky, weird writing. Um, I I definitely, um, I'll bring it up later, but I started um, keeping track of a few of my favorite quotes uh, from this episode. And I think I want to I make that a thing. We're going to, I'm going to yeah, have a definitely. few quotes from every episode and uh, we're going to pick a quote of the day. Probably one for each of us for each episode. That, that sounds good. That I sounds like that good, idea. Definitely. Um, but I think my favorite part about this whole interaction is Buffy drops her purse and her stake pops out and like lands on the ground and Xander picks it up. And the stake that you see A looks wooden like stake, it, by the way. wooden stake that <laughs> you see looks like it was sharpened by the largest fucking pencil sharpener I've ever seen. And it's dull <laughs> as fuck. It looks like it looked plastic. Like she bought right. it from a Halloween shop. Like how she better be super fucking strong to put that into something's chest. But Seriously. Also, yeah, I love that they simul simultaneously introduced Xander as they clearly want you to think that he's like a cool kid, but then he's a geek at the same time. Um, first of all, I don't know anybody in high school that had the balls to walk up to a new girl that they had an a hot new girl <laughs> that they had an instant hard on for and say anything to them at all, let alone some flubbery that came, or, did come out of his like, mouth. The fact that he was even mildly coherent, right? And within the first five minutes of meeting this woman, and like so, and I don't remember. Are they supposed to be freshmen or like? Oh God. I don't know what grade they're I, supposed to be in. I don't think they established it. It sounds like they're probably sophomores. I can't remember what season they graduate from high school, but they're yeah, I don't they're know. lower classmen at the very least. Uh-huh. And like no one is that fucking articulate and that clever at that age. And I'm still and still a loser. Like I'm thirty three goddamn years old and I'm barely still I'm barely that articulate. I mean I, I don't know how much of an example this is set for you thus far, but if you're still listening, I'm apparently articulate enough. I don't know about Rex. I'm probably not articulate enough. I can carry this show by myself, <laughs> yeah, god fuck damn you. it. Fuck you. No, I need your basement. Um, <laughs> And I own half the recording equipment. So, let's see here. Oh, yeah, also, Xander, like, they wanted him to be cool and a geek, but they clearly, he's being set up for that character that all the geek guys are supposed to identify with. And, Very much so. You know, just from knowing what happens in the rest of the show or having a vague recollection. He's, he's almost like a geek Mary Sue. Well, he turns out to be that it turns out to be his thing that he's the one person in the show who doesn't have any special powers. 
and that that is his special power and i'm like ah that's cute <laughs> But anyway, so the next person we meet is Cordelia, who's surprisingly nice in the very her, beginning. But her intro was so outrageously just, to me, bland that I didn't even write any notes about it at all. Right. Well, I just, all all that I felt about that was, wow, she's so obviously just latching onto Buffy like she's a new toy. It's like, it's such a small town. She's just so bored. Um, she probably like noticed that Buffy was wearing some design or something, and it's like, oh, that person has money. I better latch on to them. Well, uh, Irma Gerd, that pencil skirt, I was like, damn, I don't remember being all that attracted to Buffy um, before, but she kind of got it going on. I don't know if... Because I, I, also, I don't know if I got the that. term and, pencil skirt right, but right. I'm a I, dude. We don't know these things. What's a I, halter top? I don't know. <laughs> clothing yeah that's about it <laughs> it is i'm clothing. lucky i know that much but uh, i think another part like i love pointing out the little like tropes and cliches that they do with a lot of these sorts of shows and they do that quintessential mid-lesson fucking bell ringing what fucking teacher doesn't pay attention to the time and know, like, oh, I have 10 minutes left to wrap up this fucking lesson? Yeah, please. Every fucking kid in that room would have been chomping at the bit at the door and she'd have been like, no, sit. But sit. it's like, no. The bell rings and it's a surprise to literally everyone. everyone. And that is a fucking joke. Yeah, they were all obviously so enraptured in her lecture as she, you know, kept feeding them her lesson points. I'm uh, so. So, the Black Plague incited what social change? Oh, it's the bell! Okay, you, I guess you little squirts better go. Oh my god. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> so many teachers I that I remember were more of the attitude, not so much the language of, Okay, bell, get the fuck out! <laughs> get away from me! Either that or it turned into an instant power game, like... No, I know the bell rang, but you don't leave when the bell rings. You leave when I say you can I leave. I am still talking. I'm like, we still need to learn about the Black Plague. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that the school has allotted me exactly four minutes and 27 seconds to get to my next class, and I have to go downstairs, change out my books from my locker, get bullied and um, given a swirly real quick, and At still least get twice. to class on time. At least twice. Um, Fuck you, teacher lady. Or dude... Or gender fluid person. Let's see how overly PC we can get with this. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> okay, so then the next character that we get, it's this episode is like 90% of just, we're now introducing this character. Let's now introduce this character. All vampires shall here to so, and forth be referred to as vampire self. So Buffy, <laughs> they don't run into each other in the, the hall. Rex they, doesn't like being interrupted. No, not really. <laughs> uh, but it happens a lot because I talk too much. So Buffy needs to get a book and decides that she has to go to the library to get oh a book. Oh my God, the library! I forgot how much I loved that fucking library. It's an amazing library. Uh, if I had a library like that in my high school, I would have never fucking left. I would masturbate in it every day. Um, Don't do that. 
Well, I mean, not like publicly. You know, I'd I'd just I'd have like I'm going to be in that library reading. Don't do that. But the <laughs> the two things that struck me as interesting about that library. First off, no school has the kind of budget for that library. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Second off, turn on some fucking lights. <laughs> That's like the dimmest, darkest fucking library ever. It's like, you want a library to give you cataracts and sight problems? Read in the near dark. Yeah. Also, what the hell is the deal with the fact that literally no other students ever go into this library except Xander and Willow? Like, they're they're unquestionably, they, te- they show us different nerds throughout the series, and none of them hang out in that amazing library ever. <laughs> I swear, when she walked in there, it felt like she walked into some underground catacombs. And it was like Hogwarts. How gloriously fucking awkward is the first interaction between Giles and Buffy? And then he just, he's like, I know what you're looking for. And puts down this ridiculous fucking book. He looks so happy. (laughs) And it's like. He was like an excited puppy. Like. Big on the cover, it's like vampire. Vampire. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh my god, I've been, I've been waiting for this day for so long. I get to do this, and he's like, obviously, <laughs> utterly fucking crushed that she's not like giddy to learn about the secrets of the vampire from him. <laughs> oh, are, are you sure that wasn't what you were looking for? Oh dear, oh dear me. I was also struck <laughs> at just how outrageously young Anthony Stewart had his in in this dude I'm I'm scared I I'm scared to look it up I think he's just like such a handsome fucking devil um he's 43 and like he was 43 it, when they started the when show. they started okay I was starting to think damn he may have actually been in his early 30s but okay no, that's... He, like he but he doesn't look like he's 43 he looked like he looks our current age which is early 30s that's fair and i don't know if that's just my perception of people my age is different than people my perception was when i was younger of people my age i but... just remember thinking you know he looked like an adult <laughs> when i watched it exactly and now i'm like oh shit but you We're figure him, probably his he's probably almost my age or yeah. vice versa in this first episode. But you figure they probably had to be like, oh, we need we need this guy who's like early mid forties because all our high school kids are in their twenties. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta set the bar somehow. <laughs> He's gotta be in his his midlife just so he looks like a fucking adult compared to the rest of the adults in this high school. Yeah. I I mean to be fair, Allison Hannigan pulls off a, a teenager really well. Even though she's obviously, uh, well, not obviously, like, I was blown away the first time somebody told me that she was, like, late 20s, early 30s when that show started. Oh, yeah, started. she's, especially here in the first episode of the first season, she looks so ridiculously young. Speaking of people who look so ridiculously young in this, what the hell happened to a David Boreanaz, Angel? Oh, man. Like, yeah, he walks in and it's like you're so skinny. He, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the Slayer. I just wanted to. We're say. like the Slayerettes. Oh please. From there, they cut to the locker, the women's locker room, 
where a student finds the dead body of the dude that the the chick vampire killed. Uh huh. And my favorite part about it is the chick they cast to do that scream was fucking good. Oh, yeah. That scream was amazing. I made a mental note of the same thing. I was not necessarily of the scream. I was just like, hmm, that whole moment actually felt pretty authentic. How would I react if a dead body fell on me out, yeah, out of a school locker? Like it, it hits her and there's this moment where she's like, what the fuck is happening? What is this thing on me? Oh my God, it's a dead body. <laughs> and Yeah, that's accurate. Okay. Um, and then, so Buffy goes to to look at this this body. And the part... Wait, wait, wait. We're totally skipping over. Um, Buffy has just specifically been advised to stay away from Willow. Oh, right, right, right. But Buffy is Cordy... actually a good human being. Cordelia is like, hey, these people are losers. You can't hang out with them if you want to be cool like me. So, yeah, kudos to Which, Buffy. I legitimately had that shit happen to me several times in, in uh, high school, and... I should say that I was the person that people told not to hang out with. Okay, that's what I was gonna guess. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> I no, it was I was I was I was the Xander, although not that clever and not that, you know, charming. You were like a mini toady version of Willow and Xander mixed together with anger issues. And didn't we're talk to anybody. leave it at that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that I we're gonna talk way too much about high school. Uh, doing this, these first seasons of this podcast, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, my, <laughs> I thought the most noteworthy part was not necessarily that um, Buffy starts hanging out with Willow and Xander um, right after Cordelia is like, uh, those people, uh. Anyway, so then enter Jesse. I was like, wait, I were you confused <laughs> at who the fuck he was? That I feel like they're trying to introduce a character that they intend to keep. And then decided immediately, just like the rest of the fandom, that he needs to go. Well, yeah, like <laughs> he could barely talk. I when I saw him, I'm like, he looks familiar, but who the fuck is this guy? I don't remember him. And then they brought him back. It, like I was like, man, I hope that was the only scene he was in. Um, and then he shows nope. up later in the episode, and I'm like, please nope. let him be cannon fodder, please. Yeah, please. seriously. So now to the part where she goes and to look at this body. First off, where the fuck are the cops? <laughs> yeah, yes. Where are the police? Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank where you. Where are the police? Who would just be like, oh, this student found a dead body. We'll just leave it here and, like, cover it up and, you know, it'll be fine. You know, we're not going to lock the doors or put a sign up. Like, you know, hey, warning, dead body in here. Not to mention, you know, how the hell did Cordelia know about this? But everybody else was going on like everything was fine. And she didn't even know the guy's name. He was obviously a student at the school. How, like, the moment anyone found a dead body in the school, obviously, like, there should have been a fucking like, PA announcement. It may have been the 90s, but they still would have shut that shit yeah. down. Seriously, like, <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, um, you guys go eat lunch. Uh, we'll handle this later. Uh, we're just gonna cancel gym class for now." Oh no, not gym class. So in the in the interactions that we get about Buffy reluctantly wanting to be the Slayer, like she doesn't want to be the Slayer. She's upset about having to be the Slayer, and 
they give these hints about like what happened in LA. Uh huh. And that she set, you know, uh, the gym on fire and whatnot. And so my here's my question. She obviously knows all the like bullshit of every generation a slayer is born. All all the the just tripe that obviously Giles is so like nerd giddy to tell her about. Where did she learn this? <laughs> did she Do you remember the movie that came out like years before this? I try not to. It, but was that canonical? <laughs> like is this is this show supposed to take place after that movie? You know, we could probably I don't solve even that know. argument with one Google search that we probably should have done before what? we started. I don't want to Google anything on this show. Me either. Just fucking wing it. All right. You but, guys let us know. Uh, or we'll figure it out before the next episode. We don't really care. We're going crazy here. And then, of course, Xander, which we, we mixed the order of some things, but then Xander happens to be in the library when her and Giles are talking about vampires and all that shit and he's like oh my god what is this but he immediately like takes it seriously he immediately just assumes that what he is witnessing as far as like these two people talking about fucking supernatural beings is just true oh xander does yeah well i don't know about that because later at the bronze he's like no i know you think you're the slayer and then she cuts him off. And she's like, yeah, I have big girl panties to pull up. Excuse me. That is true. I So it's 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 very inconsistent in that regard. You're right. But I mean, if I had to describe this episode, not necessarily the whole series, but this episode in one word, consistent would not be it. Yeah, they're obviously they haven't yet found their full tone for the show yeah i mean it is the pilot what do you expect but the big thing that i found throughout this whole thing is while the story itself is so corny the whole episode is just like i was getting dizzy from rolling my eyes so much <laughs> but it's still just entertaining Mm-hmm. Because the the dialogue yeah. is so good, the acting, all of these people are really fucking good actors. They are actually, and like it, it actually stands up. Yeah, it, to the like, test of time. The story itself is so corny, and the setting comes off as so corny. But it's obvious that there's a a bit of that corniness that they just were going for. All right, my first favorite quote, Buffy was talking to Giles. Um, He said, something big is coming, Buffy, and it's going to be bad and dangerous. This isn't the actual quote, but he says something like that, and she says, gee, can you vague that up for me? (laughs) I'd have have to to incorporate that into my everyday speech I'd have to go back and look, but I think one of my favorite quotes was probably from the, the very first banter you got between Xander and Willow. It's something along the lines of, He's asking her for help with homework, mm. and he's like, "I'm having a problem. I, I'm with having math. trouble with math." And she's like, "Well, what math? The math. The math." <laughs> but anyway, we're still getting ahead of ourselves. Meh. So they find out about the bronze, and so Buffy decides <laughs> to bronze. go to the bronze. Oh fuck me, the bronze! And this is where we get the <laughs> the the just ridiculous angel intro. 
the stalky fucking I'm dark and brooding boyfriend. Oh, sure. Trope. Let's talk about Angel first. I'm still stuck on the bronze. You talk about Angel. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if it's just the way it was written, but they had. I don't feel any chemistry with between them yet. And I don't remember if I ever really, if we ever really do, but I think he's do. so creepy, but he's pretty. <laughs> God damn it. Isn't that all that's important? <laughs> This this is the beginning of probably one of the worst periods of like broody dark boy idling. Like uh, seriously, did you notice his velvet jacket? Was it velvet? It was fucking velvet. I did not notice that it, it was, was vel- black, shiny, tufty, soft velvet. And oh, I was like, God. well, Jesus Christ, if he's not a vampire, then I've wasted all my years of watching Interview with a Vampire. I'm just done. So, Going home. So then we get introduced to the bronze, and I... This is obviously going to be a very common setting for shit going on in Sunnydale. Absolutely. And I have I have a couple of questions. Not the first thing I noticed. I also have questions, but since you started it... it is it a bar... Because <laughs> these are high school kids. I know they look like they're in their 20s. Right. But they're supposed to be like. What do they serve there? Like, exactly. Willow and Buffy were obviously sitting at a bar. Yeah. Do they I serve mean, candy and soda? And <laughs> one thing I, didn't I even do think like. Think of that. Thank you. Uh, one thing I do like, and I don't know if you know this, but uh, one of my favorite features of this show is the bands that they have at the Bronze. All the bands that they have on stage at the Bronze are real bands. Really? They were real local bands to where they were filming this. So I just want to take a minute to point out my favorite inconsistency of the show. Um, When Cordelia invites Buffy to come to the Bronze, um, she's like, well, it's in a bad part of town. And Buffy's like, well, where's the bad part of town? Oh, about a half a block away from the good part of town. We don't have very much town here. And I'm sorry, we're from a medium-sized college town, Kalamazoo, Michigan, with at least three major universities, um, probably Shit, over are... a dozen craft fucking breweries. Oh, God, so much beer. And if we had a place like the Bronze, I would go there every fucking night. Do not even begin to tell me that this is a high school dive in the middle of nowhere. No, I wish we had a... a bar that was that just like that good multi-level for starters oh yeah all like, sorts of dark corners to hang out in and make out with people awesome balcony where you can you know run into your new librarian um, obviously there was no cover who i saw no one paid over cover your, to get into this place who what nope. no, no one paid a cover to get in yeah totally free just come on in watch some they music they didn't have places like this when i was in high school I would have fucking loved to go to a place like this when I was in high school. I was like, oh my God, Sunnydale slash New York, New York, moving along. But yeah, no, I I thought that scene was hilarious where uh, Buffy meets Giles, uh, runs into Giles up in the Before that, though. I'm like, who the fuck isn't here? Before that, though, there is this lovely fucking moment when Buffy first has come into the bronze and she's like looking around like... I guess apparently trying to find people she, quote, knows. It's your first damn day in town. And so this dude fucking waves 
in her direction and she like waves back and she's like oh hi and it's like she's never met this guy that random dude from like two miles obviously away he's not waving at you woman why are you so disappointed that he wasn't waving at you you don't know him Oh, and even better yet, the guy behind her, who apparently did supposedly know him, just kind of did this little bullshit three, yeah. th- two and a half it, fingered it, wave. Like, hey. if there's, if there was any hey. a- any action that she so, has bro. made in this episode, that's like, you belong with that group, and just <laughs> just packs packs her right in with Xander and Willow. It's that moment right there where she's right. like, "Random strangers waving at me, yay!" But she seemed so eager to please Cordelia in in that first scene where they were talking. Like Cordelia gives her this quiz, like this "Are you cool?" quiz. F- frankly, if anybody tried to quiz me like that, I'd be like. Fuck you and I, walk away. I, I don't play your little bullshit are you cool quiz games. Um So there's this this lovely conversation between Buffy and Willow. And it, basically the conversation amounts to Buffy telling Willow to seize the day, you know? And Carpe Diem. <laughs> I always think of Dead Carpe Society. Diem. I always think of Dead Poet Society too. <laughs> so Carpe <laughs> diem. So, we have a character, Willow, who obviously has chronic self-esteem issues. She's obviously the kind of girl who is, like, dealing with some sort of anxiety issues. But this one pep talk from Buffy is enough to make her go and run and talk to the very first cute boy she comes across. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed like he's from the fucking 60s. You mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You, you, mean, you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. And then we get the, the beautiful conversation with her and Giles up on the balcony. And this is the moment. Beautiful or dark web stuff? Well, no. (laughs) Beautiful in that this is the first moment. There's nothing wrong with the love of an older man and a younger woman. This is the first moment where we get the real chemistry between these two characters. And it honestly. Is that what you're calling it, Rex? Well, it is. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's mentor student kind of chemistry and you know that eventually grows into like a father-daughter kind of chemistry i'm glad you're taking that scene seriously because all i all i saw was really slick but kind of geeky old man just getting really close to his student on the very first day just cuddling right up just over her shoulder and talking really softly and sensually. I was mostly just not wanting Giles to be ruined, so I was ignoring that. Well, that's what I'm here for. To ruin a little bit of your he, childhood every day. I, I will say this from from for the record. Giles is hands down my favorite character of the oh, entire series. Oh, he's fucking series. fantastic. Um, I really have nothing bad to say about Giles ever. And But the, the chemistry between them is pretty damn good and i just love the the back and forth banter between them where she's a reluctant student and he he's a desperately wanting to teach her and but you can tell that he desperately wants to teach her 
not just because it's his job, but because he wants her to do good and be safe while doing good. Own your destiny. Well, right, but there's there's a a great little seed here of the the mentor relationship that they are going to grow into mm-hmm. and i was really pleased to see just that little inkling of that this early in the show i was expecting the interactions to be so much more awkward than they were yeah 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 that's why you're here rex exactly thank you you're the funny one i'm the smart one i'm glad we sh- uh... <laughs> that's not true <laughs> So at this moment, Buffy spots the vampire in the in the in the place, and much to Giles' uh, uh, chagrin, she does it. Chagrin! Wow, you really are the smart one. (laughs) Much to Giles' chagrin, she does it in a way that is just unconventional, and uses his clothes and her valley girl sense to gauge that he's a vampire and. Oh no, the girl that this vampire is hitting on is Willow. I love that Buffy didn't give a shit at all until (laughs) she noticed that it was Willow. It's like, oh, it's some (laughs) random chick going to be eaten, but fuck her. Oh, there's a vampire. Oh no, it's my friend (laughs) that I met for a day. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, How does she... Not get downstairs and out the door in time to see where they go. I don't know. She kind of, yeah, they dragged that out. It was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I checked my they email during that scene. Like, they didn't even <laughs> beeline to the door. Like, they, you know, they they wouldn't have possibly beeline to the door because, like... They were halfway to the graveyard by the time yeah. she got outside and got done having a really unproductive conversation with Xander. Yeah, and then that's the moment when Xander's like, oh, are they vampires? Was he speaking with too much chagrin? Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) Chagrin. Fuck your chagrin. Anyway, so they, they chase off after Willow, and I love the conversation between this vampire and Willow, and she's like, we're going to get ice cream, because she's so innocent. <laughs> it's like... <coughs> Wait, they didn't have ice cream at the bronze? Apparently, what the fuck right? do they have? Obviously not alcohol or ice cream. <laughs> what the fuck is... And not coffee, because they're drinking out of plastic damn cups. Wait, wait, wait. Cordelia did say they let in anyone, so it could actually be a bar... I suppose. I mean, I didn't see any stamps on hands or uh, bracelets, but And they didn't check ID at the door. Oh, shit, no. It was the 90s, dude. (laughs) They were still doing cocaine. (laughs) So, obviously, Willow is so innocent that she thinks this guy wants to get her ice cream. And the shortcut is through the graveyard. And this is when we get to find out that this dude's a vampire and he's with other vampires and they're basically bringing thing people to eat for the master, mm-hmm. which was introduced oh, yeah, briefly. I think we totally skipped the master. We, we did. We what did. all is there to say about the master? Super over the top, uh, pseudo religious ritual. Oh, I see. We're suddenly establishing a villain who's inexplicably underground yes. with this guy that looks like jaws. From he does look like John. from that one movie <laughs> with 
007. Uh, what, and his name's what, Luke? Is it Luke? What I uh, You know what? I was going to ask you because I can't remember I think, either. I think his name is Luke. That's how good of a character he is, everybody. Um, Neither of us can remember his name. He, uh, he looks like Joe the Vampire. His teeth look like he bought them from a Halloween shop. Very much so. Either that or he's got the most prominent lips and gums I've ever he seen. He is a big dude, He's though. a big fucking dude. Big dude. Especially when we get... So Buffy confronts... Uh, the vampires, and it, we get Jesse gets brought back. <laughs> yeah. By uh, what? What is that? That chick vampire's name? I Darla. Forget. Darla. 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 Who Ooh. reminds me of a '40s actress, by the way. She's a vampire. She could have been a '40s actress, right? We don't yeah. know. We don't get too much of her backstory. Like when she does the reveal that she's a vampire. I mean, we already knew she was a vampire, but when she actually does the morph of the face, she's like, "Oh, you're not going anywhere." Until we've fed. And like, it's just so damn cheesy. Like, I can't I can't recreate I, like, it. Obviously, it's such a... Like, it is not a good green screen effect. <laughs> but... Better than I could do in hold, the 90s. It holds up. It, it actually... It, like, it's not fucking awful. It tricks the mind well enough to keep you immersed. And you know what? That's all I really care about. So before we get to talk about the fight scene, I think both Josh and I need to uh, refuel our beers. So I'm going to do that. Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak, 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 steak. Ah. So I should say right now, we're drinking Oberon, which is made at our local brewery, Bells, which I believe is inter- it's a national. Oh, it's international. International, dude. Um, Oberon uh, or uh, Two Hearted, which is also by Bells, is has been voted the world's number one beer. All right, this isn't a this isn't a. It's not a sponsor. Beer. It's not a sponsor. It is not a sponsor but thing. We just happen I mean, to be. We're going to talk c- about the beer we drink. We just happen to be from the city where Oberon is brewed. Yeah. Uh, and we take it for granted entirely, but we're also like the only city in the United States that doesn't get it year round. Yes, which is bullshit. I completely agree. Um, so Buffy shows up, and we get to see our very first like real Buffy versus vampire fights. Yep, and there were she really comes into her own all of a sudden. Yeah, and there are. A couple of things. First off, and then she spends the rest of the series flopping around about it. I don't. I don't know if you've noticed this, but <laughs> Buffy cannot punch. I did not notice that. She was obviously not particularly well trained to pretend to fight well, and it. It's. I noticed it. I but, mean, and there's a there's a couple of times during the fight where I'm like, oh look, a stunt double. <laughs> really. Especially when she's thrown by Luke. I mean, to be fair, she became the Slayer by a, a strange woman lying in a pond distributing swords. So, I mean, she doesn't need to have any sort of stylistic ability to fight. She, I mean, as they established with her being able to do an acrobatic handstand um, without Angel noticing her doing it. Yeah, no shit. Um, How the fuck did she get up there? Also, she accidentally broke open one of those steel double doors to check on the body in the gym. So, you know, they did a good job of establishing her uh, innate 
supernatural strength. They never cover this. How strong is she? Like, strong enough to break a couple of those double doors without really trying. Like, what's, I, I just wish I knew what the biggest thing she could pick up was. Right? Yeah. Can we get a goddamn measurement here? So, during this fight, we get a little bit of dialogue between her and Luke. And the thing I notice the most is, I don't like Luke as a bad guy. He's too... Did we decide on Luke? Is that his name? I Yeah, I believe it is Luke. If it's not Luke, it's Luke now. Yes. So, and the other reason I'm going to call him Luke is because I know someone else named Luke who talks so over the top like that. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me of Andre the Giant. A little bit, yeah. And Anybody not, want a peanut? And not just... Not just in his size either, just in his tone. Um, You're strong, but I am stronger. Exactly. Come exactly. on. It's, he is. Come on. He is so very villain. Campy. From the consulate, right? <laughs> but but this... if you can name my quotes, I will do absolutely nothing to compensate you, but I will find it hilarious. Moving along. So we get it to be continued, which I yeah they fight in, wa- in watching this. I did not remember that it was a two part uh, beginning of the show. Yeah, me either. And it makes me wonder if they aired it back to back or hmm. like because if you really stop and think about it, a to be continued on the pilot is ballsy, right? Is so ballsy. That's a good point. That is so ballsy. All I know is I tried to sell. The first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer DVD set to a secondhand uh, DVD and game shop, and they wouldn't take it. And I was like, "Why not? It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer." And they turned and pointed at the wall where they had like twenty of them lined up, <laughs> specifically just season one. <laughs> season one, I I imagine we will will say this again, but it's not great. It's it's not the best. So. What are you? But it, it hooked Josh, enough what are people your, to squeeze another seven seasons and a spinoff. Well, oh God, yeah, it it picks up speed. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, give, give me more. Nights I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? So, Josh, what are, what were your? main thoughts coming out of the episode don't put me on the spot fuck you what were your main thoughts of coming out of the episode my main thoughts coming out of the episode were uh um fuck you what was that word again i want to say chicanery chagrin chagoyblin chagrin as promised everybody sheboygan i am a little drunker than when we started very much so um my thoughts coming out of the episode were, boy, I hope they um, still manage to kill off Jesse next episode. Um, gee. Well, he's definitely, well, he's being fed to the master. Right. I actually kind of wonder how Buffy's going to get out of that coffin that he knocked her into. Um, yeah. And now he leap he leaps in on top of her. And that was actually a really good job they did with the suspense before he did that. Um, I do have a question of what was his motive there? Like, what, did did he, like, duck down and be like, <laughs> this is going to be so good. Right? I'm going to love this. I'm just going to wait until she starts to get up. 
I mean, when you're old as he is, you you got to have a little fun. I suppose so. Moving along. What were your thoughts coming out of this episode, Rex? It was simultaneously better and worse than I remembered it. Um, I can get on board with that. Like it is the story itself is so corny and it's so like here's a scene where we're going to introduce this character. Now we're going to introduce this character. Now we're going to introduce this character. Now we're going to introduce this character over and over again. But the little snippets of verbal interaction between these these characters just it hints at the writing to come. Right. Well, it's actually, I mean, it's actually good writing because Joss Whedon is actually a very good writer. Unlike some other hit shows out there that got, it is an absolute mystery how they became as popular as they did. One of the things. Star Trek, for instance. Oh, God. First season of Star Trek is so bad. We both absolutely love Star Trek, by the way. But the first, like, how did Star Trek ever make it past the first season? Um, it did so, It was a flop for like twenty years, and then somehow. So got one popular of the things again. I know about this show, the reason this show even existed, was Fox had like a mid-season cancellation or something, and they basically just like Joss was on the payroll for some reason, and they're like, <laughs> Joss, Joss, we need a show to just fill this dumb slot that we don't give a shit about make anything and so Josh oh, it was a different show jo- that had yeah. a mid-season cancellation yeah, exactly so Joss decided that he was just gonna fucking do his passion project which he had made he had actually gotten the Buffy the Vampire I'm nodding meaningfully made. by the way he, he had gotten the movie made but he had wanted to do more with the idea the concept of the high school valley girl cheerleader is the superhero and the big thing that I love about this, even in this one episode, the the women that he's written are just they're they're solid characters already. Mm-hmm. And they there's no lacking of screen time between them and the male characters. When the male characters are on screen, they are still the same care the females are the same characters that they yeah. are supposed to be. I think one of my favorite uh, snippets of a Joss Whedon interview that ever happened was one where somebody says, oh, why do you always like to write strong female characters? And his answer was somewhere along the lines of, as long as people still feel the need to ask me that question, I will continue to write them. Right. He he very much works from a standpoint of, I'm not writing strong female characters I'm writing good characters. I'm writing strong characters. The fact that you need to make the differentiation between them being male or female uh, shows your innate right. and, cultural and outside, sexual bias. Outside of the play on the trope of the, the female heroine and the some of the interactions between, between the characters. Don't forget the chagrin. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I got to remember I have to say fuck you rather than just flipping you off like I normally do. Um, so, god damn it, you completely derailed me, you fucker. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention anyway. What were you talking about? We might have to oh, pause the recording. The character, well, the characters' genders don't really play into their interactions so much. I mean, yeah, obviously Xander hits on Buffy some, mm-hmm. and 
you know, Jesse hits on Cordelia way too much. Way like, too much. Creepy. Jesse's creepy in the moment he started being creepy. I'm like, that fucker needs to die. He's going to die. So either that or they're just going to fire the actor. Like they didn't write those lines. That's just what he said when he stepped onto (laughs) set. So, so yeah, like, but the characters are all solid characters and there's a lot of little pieces of, of scenes and dialogue that hints towards such a much greater show than what this, Mm -hmm. this episode was. Also jumping back to the, the scene at the bronze where uh, Buffy's chatting with Willow at the, uh, at the counter and they're talking about boys, and um, Buffy gives Willow um, the little pep talk, and she's like, seize the day, carpe diem. I just wanted to throw that in there again. I I don't know how to explain it, but there is, maybe I just enjoy knowing what happens ahead of time, but hearing Willow uh, talk about how she feels about boys and how she can't talk when she's talking to a, a boy that she even likes and it's just like, ha, he, he, you're a lesbian. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get more of it or not, but I don't recall there being much as long along the lines of hinting towards her being a lesbian. Yeah, I don't necessarily uh, mean that I think that, like, oh, it's so obvious. I just think, hmm, well, maybe she's just more comfortable with women. Didn't have anything to do with vaginas or dicks. But yeah, it was just interesting... To go back and see that part of a character, um, knowing how that character grows and progresses later in the series. So the next episode coming up is uh, described as Buffy and her friends encounter a powerful vampire bent on opening a portal to the dimension inhabited by demons. I like portals. Which is a very funny way of saying the Hellmouth, because it's Amazon and apparently they can't say hell in the district the description of the episode. It's obviously an analogy for vaginas, Rex. I, I don't think it is, Josh. Where do the vaginas begin? Alright, I think we should definitely close this out. Vaginas. Stop talking about vaginas. Strong, Josh. beautiful vaginas. I don't know how to do an outro. Thank you, everybody. Good night. I am a fucking noob. <laughs> fuck you. I am Rex Hansen. I'm Josh King. And thank you for your time.
wait, what have we done? Why are we watching this? 